Welcome to How to Grow a Million Dollar Business. My name is Heidi Richards, and it is my pleasure to introduce to you Cherie McConnell. Cherie will be talking about why creating a membership-based business is so smart, the millionaire's business model. Let me tell you a little bit about Cherie. Cherie is the CEO of Cherie McConnell Companies and the president and founder of two national organizations, the National Association of Women Writers, which is NAWW.com, and the International Association of Web Entrepreneurs. Under the same corporate umbrella, she is also the owner of two high-level product and consulting companies, Creating Your Group and My Millionaire Friends. Becoming the center of influence in your chosen niche is an excellent way to build your brand as the expert of choice. An underutilized strategy by many leaders in professional services is establishing your own membership-based business. Find out why the membership-based business model is a smart way to generate more profits and position yourself as the expert in your industry almost immediately. In this session, you will learn the many benefits of the membership-based business model, including free publicity, immediate platform, and more, how to leverage your position as a gatekeeper, the core elements to consider before creating your own membership-based company, key roles as a leader, how to select your team of professional experts, what systems you need to implement to run a profitable membership-based company, and more. Please help me welcome Cherie. Hi, Cherie. Hi, Heidi. Thank you so much. Once again, it is just a complete pleasure to be on one of your events. Again, I always enjoy coming in and coming to Heidi's world and playing over here. So thank you again for having me on. It's my pleasure. So, Cherie, are you ready to get started? I am. As you can tell from the preview of some of the information that you, you said that I was going to talk about today, um, that is a lot to cover, and so I'm going to try to, you know, not talk too fast because I want you all to have some peaceful energy on the call. But um, I'm going to, I am going to try to get in as much as I possibly can, and a lot of it will be high-level overviews, just so I can touch all of those different topics. You know, I want to get into the teams and the systems, but I won't be able to get as detailed as I want in an hour. So I just kind of want to know, want you to know, kind of the layout of the call. Um, and then for those of you who, you know, you had said the URL for the National Association of Women Writers, and it's actually a .org. And, and what's kind of funny about it, the NAWW.com is that's actually the National Association of Wheat Weavers. And I, But you didn't know that there was an association for wheat weavers out there, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. But thank you for correcting me because I love NAW, and I've been a member for about three years now. And, in fact, I think that's how we met. So thank you. It is, it is, no, and I just think that's funny, and it also is a perfect example of there's an association for everything, so it always segues really nice into um, just giving everybody a quick example of, you know, you can build a place for people to come no matter who your people are, and and they will come, so um, what I'd love to start off with, and this is a perfect place to do it in the platform that you've created here, is why create a virtual group in this day and age? One of the big questions I always get is, Aren't there too many groups out there that already exist? Um, and so what I'd like to tell people is, you know, when I started that first association, again, you know, I own two associations right now. It's about to be a third association. We haven't launched it out yet. Um, it's coming in January. Um, and then I own two or three product companies also, and I'm a, a co-founder in another company. 
And so what I can tell you is this all started with that first membership-based business, but because of the powerful model that it is and that I teach, you know, in the book that just came out and in the program, um, I've been able to do all of these other serial entrepreneur-type things at a really fast pace and with a lot of balance in life and with a lot of freedom. I mean, one of the things that may, people may or may not know about me is I have four kids ages 13 to 2, and if it weren't for this type of business model, we wouldn't even have had our fourth child um, because this has just allowed me that time to be the mom, the time to be the, here when I need to do the homework. It allowed me through the team building and the, the, the model within itself to be able to get a lot of exponential leverage in two to five hours a day. In the beginning, I did a lot of stuff wrong, and so I did put in a lot of extra hours when I first started because I was just so inexperienced like we all are when we first get businesses out there and we start building it. Um, and so I was doing a lot of the wrong things that didn't have anything to do with business growth, um, but I was starting where I started. So what I like to kind of give people that background is that there are right, you know, there's a high leverageable set of tasks that you can do, and this business model doesn't sell um, when people are doing the things that I tell them to do and, and they're delegating things out that are the things that bring back the leads, and it is all about marketing and building relationships. Now more so than ever, it's about building relationships. Um, and so, again, with the virtual group, you know, back in 2001 when I started the NAWW, I didn't openly share that I was running and building um, a new company from my home office because I don't know if you remember, but back then there was a stigma really attached to people taking you serious, it, you know, and so I didn't communicate that I was at home doing this from my home office. Um, and, you know, times is, have so changed up until today. I mean, if you fast forward today, people are so interested in how I run these companies the way I do virtually, and they just want to know more and more, and they can't get enough information because they want to see how they can you know, think outside the box and live a life differently and, and use business models. I don't think enough is talked about in business about our business models. We talk a lot about marketing and we talk a lot about managing finance and building teams, but we don't talk about the most important thing, which is the type of business model you're plugged into in the first place. Um, and that's what I really became really well um, under – I could – through, through working with service-based businesses, the authors and the, the, um, you know, the coaches and so many of the service-based business owners at the National Association of Women Writers, I really came to understand how important the business models are into getting into the seven figures and that exponential growth. And so that's what I started to teach for those people who really wanted to walk into that business model because, you know, again, it's not for everybody. Not everybody has the decision to... Um, get out there in such a big way and communicate with many people at once. Um, with virtual businesses, there's so many reasons that this business model propels you forward just based on pure economics of what you can do with each dollar when you put it back into your company. First of all, you have leverage because you have low overhead and you're putting more money um, instead into product and service development and to taking care of your customers better, the ones that are coming in. You can do high-touch phone calls to them. You can put more money into building virtual staff who can then do more for you. If in, in the typical, the old types of associations, you have a huge board of directors, things move so slow, you can't even launch a marketing campaign without four to five months of lead time. Um, 
you just can't do that online in, in the businesses that we run online. If you, it took you four to five months to launch a marketing campaign, um, there's going to be many, many people um, changing customers' lives right in front of you that you didn't get to even contact them. Another thing is that you can plug in to the latest online technologies to systemize and automate your membership business, and there's so many new technologies out there. I'm actually working on version 2.0 of the Create Your Group program right now, and that's one of the most exciting systems that I'm updating is because of the new things that have come out since I wrote this back in February 2007. Um, another piece is that you can easily create a company culture that welcomes creativity and change and growth. That has probably been the most exciting part of running a membership-based businesses is because I, I get to do so much and touch so many because I have a huge amount of leverage because I'm the gatekeeper to all of these people. So I'm able to pick up the phone and get things to happen for my members, usually within the same day that I try because, again, I'm a gatekeeper to all these people. And that's been just it's so fulfilling and so rewarding to do that. And so that's some of what this business model, um, it's the membership-based business model, but it's also learning how to leverage and run a virtual business. And those two things are really intertwined in the face of what a membership-based business looks like today. Um, did you have a question? Not yet. Okay, okay. So some of the really exciting pieces, and this is where I kind of get on my advocation for women and how I really, you know, as a mother of four and just, you know, a single mother at one time, I'm not, I'm divorced and remarried, and but at one point I had the two children and I worked in the corporate world and I, you know, had to choose here and there between leaving sick kids in daycare and, and paying the bills. And so I, I can really be an advocate for helping women use leverage and be able to put their kids first and build a very successful business at the same time that they are there growing very healthy children. And so the piece that I get really excited about with membership-based businesses is the equity that we get to create. And the equity just grows so much faster because each member that you add on has value. Um, and even when you go out to evaluate companies, membership-based companies typically are four times the um, revenues you bring in in a given year just based on the number of members and what those members generate. And they're really one of the easiest types of companies to evaluate and resell. And so it's a very exciting type of business model once you begin to start understanding what you're creating. And, and I just have people think about if you're going to go out in any type of business model and you're going to build it, you're going to do a lot of the same things that you do in a membership-based business. And you're going to market, you're going to put money into business cards, you're going to go to speaking, or you're going to go to events, you're going to try to secure speaking opportunities. Why wouldn't you do this in a model that has more value in most people's eyes in a business model versus a service-based business model? And, and then there's this whole other piece, and this was way before The Secret came out, but there's this whole other piece about law of attraction and the opportunities that this business model will attract into your world. And, you know, I have a bachelor's in social work, which has really served me well because I've always come from a place of service when, when I was building the National Association of Women Writers and I was doing these things. And I really, when I would get scared or fear-based and I was moving through something I'd never tried before, I always thought about, well, I have to do this because that's why these members join and I need to walk through this fear, and I need to go and do what I need to do to make this company successful 
because I'm doing it for all these women writers who want to accomplish these goals. And so I really felt like in this kind of, you know, in my mind, of course, but I felt like I had all of these women behind me helping me push that company forward. And so I actually attracted success because I visualized it that way. And and so coming from a place of service and building those relationships in your membership-based businesses is such a huge piece of um, building a virtual company in this membership-based business model. One thing that would be really helpful to probably define, and I get this question a lot, is people get a little bit confused between having a membership module within a service-based business and then having a membership-based business. And so simply, typically, the membership-based business, the way that I teach it is typically the association or the institute or the global group of something. The whole entire business model and the name of the company is centered around a membership-based business. That has a whole entire different attraction for joint ventures and for customers themselves than, say, a service-based business, a copywriting business or um, a freelance writing business or what are some of the other service-based businesses I'm trying to think of. Um, You know, your consultants, your web designers, your professional organizers, all of those different types of service-based businesses, they can have membership modules within their businesses for instance, um, have a very talented virtual assistant who has a, um, a couple of programs within her service-based business that are membership and recurring, and she teaches virtual assistants how to do these certain types of things, and it is a membership module. It's a whole different thing than a membership-based business as a whole when you create the place in an industry for people to come for the latest information or for the latest training, for the latest tools. Um, and Heidi, I know you understand the difference there, but I, I think some people, when they're creating these things, they create the membership module within their service-based business, and it won't get them the same types of results as it does if you create a full-on membership business and you walk into the leverage in the path of being a founder and president on a national or international level. It, it's the opportunities that will come to you as completely different than if your company, you know, is a service-based business with a service-based name and you create a membership module within it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a coach when they offer a program that's recurring, like a a weekly teleseminar, and you have to sign up, you become a member of that particular group that's uh, being coached, et cetera. And I know we had a few people that we've talked to in the past week or so who have very similar models to that. So, yes, I I think I understand, and I I believe that our, our listeners do, you know, okay. it makes sense. Yeah, And it's simple when I explain it. And the only reason I, I come and I explain it so slowly again and again and again every time I get on a call is because people really, when I'm talking to them in teleseminars and coaching and I start to get the questions, it's like little light bulbs go off on the differences and, and they walk into a different way that they were thinking about it before. Um, and the thing is, is you know, I have a lot of successful joint ventures that I joint venture with and they have those membership modules plugged in to their service-based businesses, um, and, and they have to continually invest, you know, per member to grow. There's a break-even point, usually four months in to those membership modules, um, and there's a lot that they're investing in growing those membership modules over time, and it's a little bit of a different type of attraction thing. So what I always like to, once people get the differences, they can they can open a membership-based business and move a lot quicker and a lot faster just based 
solely on the attraction and the joint ventures and how sponsors and how other large companies like American Express, like a lot of the places that we try to get sponsorships from in the business world, um, will treat you differently. And they'll do it solely based on what is on paper and the productions that you're unfolding and the vision that you have for your company. Um, and I teach a lot of people how to do that even before the company launches because that's actually the best time to do most of your joint ventures because it's a, it's an understanding between the both of you that, of course, there's no members yet. We haven't launched the company. And that's a great time to get some really good joint ventures signed on. Um, and what typically a lot of people do without that kind of instruction is they wait till the company has so many members before they'll ever even go out and try to leverage their company and their their you know them being a founder and president that they won't even leverage that until years down the road and what happens unfortunately is sometimes they never get to the that point in time because they've decided that this isn't going to work and they've moved on to something else so it's really an interesting dynamic um i was going to talk about a couple types of equity in in building of the membership based business model next um, the first one being business equity. What I love people to kind of understand again about this company is I spent, you know, I spent a few years working at Verizon Wireless in the corporate world, and I came up with many brilliant ideas because, you know, as you and I were entrepreneurs, and that was probably born into us. I think you're born an entrepreneur, and um, I came up with lots of great stuff there for that company, but I didn't get to do anything with it when I left. I had signed agreements with them when I was employed with them that, you know, they owned these ideas. Um, so I wasn't building any type of business equity. And, and from your, from the people you probably had on the call, what we know about wealthy people is that they build equity. They understand that it's smart to work as long as you own what you're working for. And when I worked in the corporate world, you know, the corporate world clearly owned me um, mind, body, and soul. <laughs> It, what, you know, because after you're there for a few years, it, it feels like they own your soul too. Um, and from my research and experience, you know, most of these wealthy entrepreneurs build their wealth through the real estate, one, and secondly, through owning their own businesses. It's just a very common thing through people who are achieving wealth and um, using their wealth to go out and do more things in the world and create more money for everybody. You know, it's really interesting what's happening in the economy right now and everybody you know, what you want to do is start to panic and think, oh, oh goodness, we're going through these times and that's the worst thing to do because you will actually, you know, keep money from circulating. You know, you have to put those blinders on and you have to keep moving forward um, and knowing that the money will come again. I mean, some of these things are cyclical and, and there is some validity to it, but there's also, you know, the media will play on you and um, create what they're actually talking about is about to happen through what they're saying. I think it's really interesting. Oh, exactly. I've been saying that for months. I say, don't right, listen right. to it. So, I, mean, I do listen money. in, and, and I do, you know, of course I'm listening in like crazy right now with the way the politics are going, but um, but but at the same time, I mean, I, I just feel so grateful to have a bigger understanding of my my, I think each of us has such a powerful place here every time we go out and we purchase anything at the grocery store, or we, any, especially with women, since we have most of the purchasing power, we have such a huge responsibility, and, and each of us can keep the economy going. And I think it's just the worst thing to do is to kind of have that little panic attack that if you're watching the news this last week especially, is easy to kind of do. The other type of equity I wanted to talk about was life equity. And, and again, for me, this was a big one, and it's the bigger reason that I think people should consider 
building their own virtual company, you may want to do this while you're still working in the corporate world. Or, you know, for me, I did it while my husband um, was paying the bills and things were really tight back in those first few few years when we were building the uh, first virtual company. And the reason it was so tight is because we took all the profits from the company and we put them right back into the company, and we did that for three years. Um, and we were very conscious, you know, when we rolled out a huge ad campaign and I wasn't paying my salary yet, that it was for the sake of growing the company. And, and it was, you know, it was, it was a vision that we both had, and, and he would remind me of it when I would get tired of doing it, that, you know, this is going to build the company out. And so he was really helpful in that way. Um, but, again, with life equity, and it's the bigger reason, again, I think that people should build these types of companies, is that you're provi- if you're providing a service of any kind, again, you're trading those hours for dollars, and you're essentially giving away your life. And, you know, if you're a parent like me, the lack of presence on a daily basis while we're out trading our life for dollars is having a lasting impact on our children's lives. It just is. So many women are leaving the corporate world and leaving these jobs behind at these opportunities out on the Internet. And I think the Internet has been amazing for this new group of children that we're raising to see something that can be so different than it's ever been before in history. Um, and so life equity is something that I've been getting back over the last nine years. And my oldest, again, is 13, and, and that's been huge. Um, and so I really am out there advocating and sharing how people can do this successfully because it, it just makes me feel good to know that women are having more freedom. And I know what it feels like to, to have to choose between the, kid, you know, the sick kid at daycare and paying my bills. And I, I just don't think that's a fair decision that women have been faced with ever since they went into the workforce. Um, so the next piece, which is usually um, a great piece to kind of talk about, is more about the, the differences in the comparisons between service-based businesses and membership-based businesses. Is that, a, is that okay to go there next? Did sure. You have a question? Sure. Now I'm going to save my questions for last. How's that? Okie dokie. I'm taking a quick drink of water. <laughs> so real quickly, service-based businesses and membership-based businesses. Um, Some of those comparisons, service-based businesses suck up the owner's time. Membership-based businesses let you serve many at once. It's inherent in the business model. Second comparison, service-based businesses only produce income for you when you're working. Again, you're trading hours for dollars. Membership-based businesses provide recurring income for years to come, and that is when you're not working. You know, with a couple of the membership-based businesses, we send them a packet one time. They get monthly teleseminars. They don't expect to hear from us other than that or to receive anything in the mail from us for a good 12 months. Um, they're loyal. The 80-20 rule, the, the loyal 20% will come back for other products and services over and over again that we're offering throughout the year. But the other 80%, you know, they, they pay their dues and they renew just because they want to belong. And there's a whole bunch of psychological reasons that membership-based businesses are thriving companies, too, just based on people or joiners <laughs> at a very psychological level. Um, membership-based businesses, again, they can provide the recurring income year after year. Um, I've been known to do totally break-even campaigns um, to joint venture with other companies and do two-for-one memberships. I do that every once in a while, completely based on the fact that the next year, when that month rolls around, I have a whole um, group of a huge list of people renewing that never would have had come into my funnel. And this year, 
they aren't breaking even their their full price. And so I've done a lot of that over the years to build the company. And um, if, if you're thinking that far out and you're doing your strategy that way, you can acquire customers at a break-even, and it'll grow the company in the long run. And you want to make that up, of course, and you don't want to do that all the time, but there's some real amazing um, pieces to membership-based businesses in the technology that allows us to do these things with credit cards and different things. Um, and then also you, with membership-based businesses, there's also that recurring income that can happen month to month based on different programs that they're plugging in. Another comparison, number three, is service-based businesses disappear against the competition. This is really a big one. Um, Membership-based businesses stand out in their chosen niche and even an industry almost immediately because by you creating the association for this really targeted group of people, um, you are saying to that industry that you are the, the person to come to for answers. You are the company to come to. And it's a whole different type of thing with, with the competition uh of the amount of online businesses that are being created, service-based businesses just can't do that. Service-based businesses have to sit there for six months to a couple years and steadily build relationships, steadily build their list, and put a lot of marketing dollars into the building of their brand. Yes, membership-based businesses have to do that too, but it, it just goes so much faster because people want to come and play with an association. They feel more success by partnering with associations than they do a solo-based entrepreneur. The fourth comparison is service-based businesses don't focus on products. Membership-based businesses, in turn, focus on products that members request. And often, within a very short time, the membership-based business will have the built-in database of targeted customers who are literally sending them emails pretty often of, of what to do next. Um, I typically don't have to do a survey. We have one of our websites. We do an ongoing survey there. Um, but with the other companies, these people look to us for the answers, so they're always telling us what they need, and they're always telling us what to develop next. And it really helps us obviously move forward quite quicker because we're plugged in with these members who are letting us know what problems need to be solved. Again, it's just inherent in the membership-based business model. Um, the fifth comparison is service-based businesses don't provide that built-in equity, and I already talked about that with you. Membership-based businesses naturally let you build equity as you continually grow the membership. And then the last one is service-based businesses don't provide that instant expert status. Um, membership-based businesses naturally position the owner, the founder, the CEO, whatever the title is that you use, um, as the go-to person in the chosen field. I've had so many opportunities Again, remember, I was a stay-at-home mom who had had her third child at that time and left the corporate world and didn't have any type of expertise whatsoever in the publishing world or in the writing world, but I was able to get out there quite quickly within two years and be the top ten website at, you know, in Writer's Digest, which is one of the industry standard magazines in that industry, um, and really get that company moving forward quite quickly and giving, gave myself a lot of opportunities along the way to serve my members and also to build that expert status. And that's what you know the membership-based business model can do for many, many people if they're willing to walk into all those fear-based things that come up and, and work the model. And typically what happens is most people just don't understand how to leverage the business model itself. Um, there's some core elements to consider before creating your own membership-based business because remember I kind of talked about this wasn't for everybody. Not everybody is wanting that type of vision. It might not fit in with the life 
you know, the phase of life that we're in. We all have these different phases that we go through. Um, I typically tell people that you need to like to connect with people and share your passions. If you look on things that you've done in the past, have you always resonated to teaching others and helping others and sharing valuable information? When I look back to my past, you know, being a had a, having a bachelor's in social work and then um, always doing well in, in classes where I was writing, you know, always making hundreds in English and things that I resonated with, always reading books, I was naturally suited for this type of association and, and the path that I went, so it all led me to that place. And so I do have people look at some of these core elements and look at, at their own skill sets and where they're at before they begin to leverage this business model. Um, and it, the other thing I'd like to have people consider is are they willing to prepare themselves to be considered the go-to person in an industry? Um, for a lot of people, there's a lot of kind of homework and there's a lot of networking. Again, that's very exciting and it's opportunity, but a lot of fear-based stuff comes up. So those are going to be things that some people will have to work on more so than others um, in this membership model, and it, it's one of the reasons that if you can get those skills developed quite quickly, um, you can really do a lot with this model. And then some of the other things, um, the, the gatekeeper piece and the large database, the, the one piece about the leverage with the membership-based business is the amount of discounts and the tools and the things that I can get on behalf of my members. And that took a lot of kind of behind the scenes of understanding how to um, do joint ventures with other companies, how to, um, you know, experientially be able to talk to other business owners and do things on behalf of my members while not selling my members out. So, you know, what we don't do at the, all these companies is we don't sell the list. But at the same time, I can interview people and give people access. You see that a lot, again, in those membership modules plugged into those individual companies. Um, but when you start to approach larger companies that you're doing sponsorships with or you're trying to get you know, um, someone on Oprah to come speak at your conference, it's a whole different type of le leverage. And I've been able to do that multiple times, You know, pick up the phone with someone I just saw on Oprah 30 minutes earlier and get that person to call me back because I had this, this leverage, this position to where I could get that person to travel across the country to my conference, and, and they were excited to do that. You just couldn't get those things to happen if, if you didn't have a membership-based business. And again, remember, this is something that each of us can create. Um, there's just certain ways to leverage it. There's certain packaging that has to go on it. There's certain branding that makes these things successful because, again, they are a business. Um, but those things are true in every business that you put out there. So it's a very exciting business model that just is accelerated when you're doing a lot of the, the marketing and the um, branding that you do in any type of business. A few more areas to discuss would be key roles of the leaders and then a few things about selecting the team of professional experts. And then we'll also end with some of the systems. So key roles of the leader, first of all, what I love each of the people who um, decide to create a membership-based business to really understand is that they are, you know, the face of the association. They won't be, I typically have um, people not put their faces in the header of their website or on that branding. I have them, you know, put their founder and president face. Typically, 
in the um, About Us page because, again, we want the membership-based businesses about the members. It's not about you, the founder and president. Having said that, you know, I want your branding to look a certain way because I know what members want. But having said that, when you go out there and you begin to build the joint venture relationships that take this company um, ahead and generate new leads, it is all about you. It's about what you do on the phone. It's about how you um, have integrity. It's about when you say something to a joint venture, you follow through and you do it. A lot of that same type of integrity stuff is just exponential in this business model because you are, again, the gatekeeper. And, and people really, when they think of, for instance, when they think of National Association of Women Writers, those people I've been joint venturing with for years, they think of me. And so how I've been growing this business over the years has had direct results to how the business is done. So I hope that makes sense. I, I am the face of the association, although the association branding and all of the things that the new people see coming in isn't about me. Um, and interestingly enough, we, we played with our newsletter a little bit this year. I don't, for those of you who might be on my newsletter list, um, I have, again, a number of companies, and so we had four or five newsletters going at one time. So we, we wanted to brand it all back down to one newsletter and Shree McConnell Companies, Inc., um, and we are making the decision to unbrand that again and take the two associations back out of the headquarters newsletter, um, again, because I've done the testing. And I, I knew that from the results of the website over the years that these members love to have this association be all about them. They do not like it to be about the founder. Um, and I wanted to try that out just simply because we had so many <laughs> companies and so many newsletters. And, and, again, we decided to pull them back out within, I think it, we did that for two and a half months of testing um, because, you know, again, you're generating leads. And this is, you know, really kind of good information for serial entrepreneurs on the call. But we're generating all of these leads coming from all of these places that we worked really hard for years and years. Um, you know, we're in the back of industry books where, you know, under the organizations and different things, and these leads come to all these places, and then they sign up for things on the site at the National Association of Women Writers, and then the first newsletter they get is a headquarters one that isn't branded the same brand as the website. So those are some of the things that, you know, the branding is a huge thing. How your customers feel at every contact you make with them is a big deal. And again, so a key role of the leader of the company is to be that visionary. These were things that we thought out a lot. We thought of the pros and cons, and we decided to test it. And what I always tell entrepreneurs is that you have to be willing to test a lot of things in, for a period in time. Usually I like to give it a quarter. And then act quickly when you make a decision. Just don't spend a lot of time making decisions. These things don't have to be perfect. They just have to keep moving forward quickly. And that is a big one. They, they have to keep moving forward quickly. That has propelled so much success for me over the years because I keep rolling things out really, really fast. And it just creates energy and it creates more leads. It creates more people coming to the websites, all of the websites, um, and more people doing things with us in all the various companies. Um, key roles of the leader is, again, selecting and managing the team. I spend so much time on this piece of the business, more time than anyone would think when they go into this. So, so we spend a lot of time managing relationships, talking about systems and talking about processes. Um, I'm getting better and better about making decisions quickly when it comes to staff over the years. That was one of the strengths I didn't have coming into this company and into building companies. Um, 
and, and again, that's what's great about virtual teams is that you have a lot of flexibility with that. You don't have employees typically, um, so you can get a lot of And there's so many amazing skill sets in the last five years, I would say, of uh, people and then the 20-year-olds the, the growing into, you know, they're getting in their late 20s now that they just have so many computer skills that, you know, the, the 30s and 40s and 50s don't have. Um, so there's just a lot of skill set out there that you can tap into that I can tell you there's people on my staff that I know because they are, you know, they're on my virtual team. They have had a direct um, relation to my company's growth because of their talent in areas that I did not have a talent. They came on behalf of the company, provided a service that looked so good that it propelled the company forward. So it's just a huge piece of it. So that leads right into how to select that team of professional experts. Um, you know, you can go out to some of the, the resources that are out there, but it typically ends up being word of mouth that is the best because you really want to see how that person works with other team members that you respect or with other, you know, um, entrepreneurs that you partner with or joint ventures. Um, sometimes I like to select people who don't have as much skill set, but I like them as a person. I like them based on some some personality things and some work ethics and some dependability issues, and I'll hire over that faster than I'll hire over them having the skill because you can teach the skill, but you can't teach a lot of those other things. Sometimes I've pulled people right out of my own programs. Um, I had a lady I pulled right out of my Millionaire Friends when we were doing that live program, and that's a passive product now, but it's My Millionaire Friends, MyMillionaireGirlfriends.com, but you know, and she's now my outreach person. And I just realized on this call, I was looking for that person. I was, and you could say that you could manifest the team members that you need because you really need to have that strategy that you need them before you can go out into the world and manifest them. And I knew what I, what I knew that we needed that type of person at the company at that time. And this was last year. And um, this person just had such a dynamic voice on the phone call. She asked these really great questions. She's really bright. Um, and at the end of that program, it was a 12-week program, I wrote her an email and just introduced the opportunity that I had and asked her if she wanted to discuss it further. And so now she's been on the team for like a year. So that's one of those things that you can you can grow your team very organically based on you just getting better about looking for strengths to add to your team where the weaknesses are. Um, and again, so that next piece will be focusing on their strengths and don't be afraid um, to hire, this is another big piece that I've seen a lot of people have trouble with, is they typically hire one person to do everything. That's a huge mistake. You want to hire many people to do what they're good at. So I would rather you have five people who focus on fewer hours each week individually doing that thing that they were meant to do and that they have a lot of joy in doing, and that will work so much better for you. And you'll have such a different type of energy in your companies, and it'll it'll really move it forward. So the last section, and we have about 20 minutes, is on systems. And you know, if you go back to Michael Gerber's emails, and I think Alex Mendozian does a really great job with systems too. If you've ever heard him speak, there's a lot of great people out there talking about systems. And um, within the membership-based business company, systems again are very very crucial in this type of business also. So when I was putting my program together, I came up with six different sets of systems, and I'll go over those really quickly, and then we can open it up for questions. The first set of systems, obviously, is creating your customer service systems. 
So these can be virtual and physical. Ours tend to be email, support emails at all the companies, and then, excuse me, and then voicemails. So we have a person on staff when um, people buy, you know, the Create Your Group program or they join the National Association of Women Writers or the AWE that they get a high-touch phone call, meaning they get a phone call welcoming, welcoming them into the membership. And what's really great about that from a customer service standpoint is you don't get the emails that we used to get in the past where three or four months later they realize they never got their email, or we hear from them three or four months later, that they never got their email with their passwords that let them into the website to download all the benefits. Um, and so, uh, you know, obviously they felt like they didn't get anything for what they paid for. Well, you know, these are automated messages that go out with the passwords, and it, and it happens instantly when they buy something on the website. So we never know unless we know. And so one of the great things about welcoming, welcoming them with a live person and a phone call now is that we know that. We know right away that they didn't get that. So we have, we're, we're hitting that before, you know, the email, if it didn't deliver into their inbox. We know that right away, and so we can handle it before there is a problem which means this person is income for a lifetime. If she's a happy member, she's a renewing member. Um, the second set of, uh, excuse me, set of systems is creating your time management systems. From all of the studies I've done and all these entrepreneurs I've been able to connect with over the last eight years, everyone who is successful, there's not a person in there, they, they have all mastered time management. doesn't mean that, that, that you know, a day will happen where they get too booked or too crazy, that's not what I mean, but there's a set of systems around time management and how time management is managed, and it's huge. Um, and there, it's all about leverage in that area, and it, it drives the rest of the company, and it drives you and your ability to do all of these other systems. So it's a huge set of systems, and there's some great technical systems out there that can help you manage your time and how you allocate it to run your company. The next set of systems is your technology systems. Again, there's a lot of uh, functionality in, in companies out there based solely on serving the membership-based business, and these have really been rolling out like crazy in the last couple of years. Um, the fourth set of systems is creating your member management systems. So this, this is the type of information about, you know, how to collect the information about your members, what system choices to use, and then once you have all of this information about your members and their choices, how do you use that for strategy planning and reporting, and, and how do you use it you know, to develop future products and services? There's so much you can do with this information, and a lot of that to me falls under the member management systems. Um, the fourth set of systems is creating your promotional and lead generation systems. So this is the whole chunk of systems in the membership-based businesses where we talk about generating future leads for future members. Um, it's your website's sole purpose, and there's many. Um, there's not only a marketing funnel for a membership-based business, but there's also a product and service funnel for the membership-based business. And all of this generates those leads online and offline, and they often intertwine together. Um, and so there's some really great things that you can do. I mean, for instance, it's just gotten so cheap to print books on demand and do high-quality books. Um, again, if you have a great team member, and it's, it's you know, took me a while to find great team members in some of these places on my staff. So, again, that's one of the biggest places you'll spend your time building a company is building that team. 
but having those people in place, you know, the books aren't expensive to print anymore, especially print-on-demand. You can buy your inventory as you need it. And and there's so many things you can do with that in a membership-based business with the AWE, the Association of Web Entrepreneurs. Um, we're busy right now doing a book with all of our experts there because we built that company based on the expert relationships. And so the experts are all contributing articles on emerging trends in 2009. And, the, you know, they wrote these, and then we're putting these into a print book. And it's just amazing the money that we can invest in these things that most people can do in startup because these books cost three or four bucks. And think about how often you spend three or four bucks just to do a certain type of ad, you know, per customer. Um, so there's things that you can do that just this is what I was talking about with higher leverageable strategies that um, when you do a print book, it has a 10-year lifespan of generating leads. I've been known to have speakers on teleseminars from books that have been out of print for five years and were printed the first time five years before that. Um, and I've done that many, many times. I've had speakers on at the NAWW solely based on a book I came across that I was impressed with. So there's lots of great lead generation tools, and we talk about that in my program in that section of systems. And then the last set of systems, this is where um, there are a lot of programs out there with this type of topic, but with the membership-based business, it's Again, it's focused in on the members' problems that they have and what your service, what you are doing with your membership-based business, again, is serving them and solving their problems. That's why they came to you to join that association. And so that last set of systems is creating the product and service development systems. And that's really, um, you know, membership-based businesses just have such a great opportunity, like I said, with the print book and different things because those go out in all the membership packages and it just is, helps people. People love to get stuff in the mail. They love to have things tangible with their membership-based businesses. I'm sure all of you can think of things that you've joined um, and you didn't. You were lucky if you got, you know, your Hertz rent-a-card discount card <laughs> in the mail. It's just gotten, you know, businesses have really changed and they just keep going more and more virtual. Well, what that does for most entrepreneurs if they see the opportunity is if you can become more and more tangible and less virtual with what you're giving your members, you're going to be able to compete so well. Um, so there's a lot of, I think, tangibles are keys, tangibles going out through the mail, um, people really feeling like they got some physical value from their dues. That's a huge piece. And that last set of systems, the product and service development systems, is where we cover a lot of that in the program. So, again, this was a high-level overview because you can only get so much into an hour call, um, but at this point I have a great book that's really affordable, um, right around, I believe it's $18 and some shipping cost, um, and it's called Smart Women Create Membership-Based Businesses, and I would love for everyone to download a couple free chapters of that book for free, and I believe you have that URL, Heidi? Yes, we do, and it's um, createyourassn.com forward slash freebie forward slash Heidi Richards dot HTML. Um, we may want to check that URL because when I went to it, it didn't go there. But if not, but we'll send out the right URL after the call. How's that, Cherie? Just to make sure yep. if you want to resend that to me. No, I just clicked on it and it's opening up. So okay, it's good. Create, create Your Association, which is abbreviated. So C-R-E-A-T-E-Y-O-U-R-A-S-S-N dot com forward slash freebie, forward slash Heidi Richards dot H T 
E-M-L, and it's freebie is F-R-E-E-B-I-E. And then Heidi Richards is H-E-I-D-I-R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S dot H-T-M-L. Great. And, and I and they, Go ahead. I was going to say, and if anyone has problems with the URL, you, you know, because computers these days, computers and email, yeah, it's like you have to keep trying endlessly, but um, they can email us at support um, at any of my companies. So support at org is probably the shortest one, and we'll help them that way to get that URL if they need it. Got it. Um, I do have a couple of questions, and if we can open it up to questions from the audience, that would be great. I'd be delighted. All right, wonderful. The first one, I, w- I wanted to talk a little bit. Uh, you mentioned about partnerships you created to offer member discounts, and particularly you mentioned talking about partnering to maybe provide uh, y- uh, new people with um, an inexpensive way to join, like maybe half off and everything. Um, first of all, how did you do that? And then second of all, how did you find your members who didn't get that special rate at the very beginning. How Did you get any feedback from them? Well, I didn't get that price when I joined type of thing. Because I've, I've mulled that around for, for a while with the women's e-commerce, and then I've thought, you know, that may not be a good idea because a lot of people pay full price, and then you get this special, and they didn't get that. I mean, can you talk about that a little bit? Right. I mean, typically you want to make the very unhappy or a customer that's been with you a long time, you do want to extend opportunities to them individually by email when they write. But the way business is these days, I mean, you run a call to action that runs for a certain period of time. If that call to action for that promotion is built on a certain time frame, um, when it's over, it's over. Now it's up to you if you want to do individual opportunities to these people as they write individually by email. But for the most part, most people get that, that, you know, if they didn't take advantage of it during the time that it was offered, that that's okay. Um, I, what I have at my companies, especially the National Association of Women Writers, because that's the company I typically do that at, is um, they will renew for the year ahead because they know that they're getting another association's membership for free. And that's when I've done the join, you know, join for two, one for two join two associations for the price of one, and we did that with the National Association of Baby Boomer Women for one thing, and I'm trying to think of the other company I did it with. Again, I don't do it often because, again, it's that break-even that month, and you usually get a huge group of people joining because it's like a no-brainer. They're getting two associations for the price of one, Um, and then I cut the check to the other association for all of their memberships. So that also only works if their dues are less than your dues because you need to have the money in there to do that. With this particular company, their dues were about half of what our dues were, so I could do that. Um, so there's some some running of the numbers you kind of have to do to find the company you can do that with. But, um, you know, I just don't really have a whole lot of people. They know, you know, it's just like in anything you see, if, if the sale's offered on Labor Day, it's offered on Labor Day. You don't expect to go to the store three days later and get that pricing. Okay. You, you do have some companies that are really great about that, though. So that's your your choice as the visionary and the owner of the company to handle those on a case-by-case basis. So one of the things I love, like, for instance, like Bed Bath & Beyond, is that if I get my 20% off card and I just bought a gorgeous, beautiful picture three weeks ago that cost me $300, I can take the card in at any point and they'll discount, give me that 20% discount and put it on my credit card. And I love that about them because I get those all the time. And uh, we spend a lot of money there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I've done and the, that too. I I just wondered, you know, how the members. I've not had any. 
I've not explored that part, so that's why I was asking because it's something I thought about. And right. What I can tell you that most of my money over the years has been made huge amounts in short periods based on call-to-action promotional campaigns. So um, there, there's a lot of money that's not being made if we're not doing call-to-action promotional campaigns. People just need that. To, they need a reason that this is a good opportunity for them, and if we don't make it a great opportunity, they don't. They won't take the action, you know, for the opportunity. It'll just be if they can join any day of the week for the same price. Um, they're, you know, and that's why call to actions work and always will, and I think always have. One of the things we do on the website is the ongoing survey, and we give them twenty dollars off dues when they answer that survey. So it's another great way to gather the information from your people. At the same time, you can give them, you know, a discount on dues, and that, that's an ongoing thing that we do on the naww.org website, right there on the homepage, all the time. And we get, you know, a good number of people that join via that link, and we also know what they want because they've answered these great questions for us. That's great. And actually, I, I should say I do do that because we use we do that with the National Association for Female Executives. Um, huh. So. Did did um, did Dotsie Bregel contact you, or did you contact her to do the uh, uh, National Association of Baby Boomer Women? Or how did well, that think, come out? Yeah, I think I I'm usually the one coming up with all this stuff. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, just curious as to you know who what the dynamic was because I think it's a wonderful strategy. Right, and everybody I mean, I should do it. I've done lots of different things. That's just kind of one of those two for one things. But I've done. I mean, I, that's one of the huge pieces of, of this, this model is getting on the phone. And um, if you're willing, I have something I call the leverage triangle that's at shereenmcconnell.com, but if you're willing to leverage your own time, money, or expertise, you can get other really, really busy people to do some really amazing things for you that you can then go and leverage on and on and on. And My Millionaire Friends was a great example of that. Some of the people that I got to do that program with me um, you know, I bought their books and gave them to the people who were in that live program. I did, you know, so they, they would get on a teleseminar with me and have a huge book order at the same time, and I knew I was leveraging them wanting to sell books, you know. So there's a whole bunch of ways that I'll leverage things to get things to happen. Okay. And, and it's, I, I think it's a key. I think if, once you get what, how to leverage either time, money, or expertise, and you're using those three things as you grow your company, it just gets really exponential in the results you can achieve. So then, in addition to the groups that you run, what are can you share a one or two other good uh, business mo- uh, membership based business models that you've seen online? Totally. I mean, right there at createyourgroup.com, there's a number of people that I interviewed. If, what I did is I came up with a table of contents and all the questions that I knew my people needed to have a good understanding of. And then when, what I did when I set up all those interviews is. I asked all those people all those questions, really nosy questions too, <laughs> about finances and building their team and you know how exactly did they leverage. And, and, and so there's a number of different membership-based business models out there. There's some that are more based on technology, like your audioacrobat.com. They're in that interview. Um, there's some based on you know the, the coaching model. We have um, Kim Fulcher with My Life Compass. There is, I'm trying to think of some of the other people, Milana Lashinsky's in there. Hers is a, a typical association business model. Um, we have a great example of a partnership, which was three ladies at that time, and I believe it's two now, which is the Direct Selling Women's Alliance. 
And um, I just thought they were an excellent example of how to make a partnership work, especially a three-way partnership, not just a two-way partnership. Um, and they, that interview was the one I think that we went on the longest because there was just so many great things. They were so methodical about the strategy that they put into the association before they ever even launched it, which to me was amazing because I think of things and launch them quite quickly. And, and they really planned it out and really did a lot and it served them well. They've been able to build a great company there because it had such a strong foundation. Um, so there's lots of examples. I typically have people think really big with these models because, again, it's pure economics on the Internet. Is something that is successful, like you can use teleseminars as an example. As you know, Back in 2004, there were a few virtual events going on, and there were a few really good people really leveraging this functionality of doing a teleseminar and making a excuse me, I dropped the phone making a lot of money doing it. As that proven technique became more and more used, it became more and more saturated. Um, and so it's the same thing. As people begin to build more and more membership-based businesses, it kind of comes back down to the basics. It comes back down to good customer service and delivering high-quality product that solves problems. And, and a lot of those same things that have always worked. Um, but I have people, individual solo entrepreneurs, I just want them to think big. If you're going to build a business, why not think big and why not use the most powerful business model you can to get the most results you can in the shortest period of time? And from my experience and the thing that I've always gotten to see from day one was how that really worked because I get to see the results sitting in the seat and how incredibly different than they, they are than my authors and my solo entrepreneurs. And, and it's just it, it's such different results with the same amount of work. I mean, you know how much work it takes to run a service-based business, um, and it's a lot of the same exact stuff I do from day to day, but with totally different results, and they've been totally different from the get-go. Um, just, you know, the free publicity is probably a big one, and if we have time, I can give some examples on free publicity that we've gotten. Great. Um, one more quick question, and I'd like to what? open it up. And, and the question has to do with what I'd like to put on the website, and basically I'd like you to share the three tips you'd share for anyone thinking of starting their own membership-based business, because that's how I'd like to kind of promote this whole session you've done today. Definitely. Okay, so first tip, I would definitely um, get a group of people who are doing the same thing or who have done that be before you. So some type of group out there that, um, you know, you can mastermind with who has, you know, is doing it at the same time, or, you know, if you want to leverage your money, then you can, purchase the program, and follow the path of other people who've done it before you. That's one thing. When I was putting Create Your Group together, I didn't want it just to be my, my way that I achieved success because what I knew to be true is that you can achieve success going down more than one path. You can go three or four different ways to get to the same result at the end, and that was why I wanted to interview all of those entrepreneurs there to see how they had achieved it. And some of the things were exactly the same and some of the things we did quite differently and we still got the same results. And we had done them all within five years. That was also one of my my criteria for the people I was interviewing. Um, let's see, two and three, really, really walking through your fear-based stuff. You're going to have to have a coach that, you know, is way ahead of you so that they can pinpoint things. One of the the, the, the things that people... You know, they have all kinds of areas that they just get stuck on, and they can stay stuck for two or three years, and I've certainly done that in lots of places. Um, and it took a coach who could see it outside of me just to be really blunt with me 
and that takes time to find the one that resonates with you, but also is tough enough to get you and keep you moving forward. And uh, let's see, number three, just take advantage of where you put your money. Um, test things two or three times, and then be decisive. That's probably a big one, being decisive and, you know, understanding that you have to have a CEO mindset. And what I mean by that is that CEOs sit in a seat and they get paid a lot of money to do something, and that is to be decisive. If someone walks into the door, they want an answer right then, and they want the CEO to make that decision right then. And what I find is a lot of entrepreneurs don't act from that place, and you just really do or die. you just got to be decisive about things and move forward and let them fall apart, let them be really, really messy. But what you'll learn from that is just so many experiential-type things that it just gets really easy to do that, one. And number two, you will just learn some things that just have ten times the results that you wouldn't have never stumbled upon had you not just taken some of those risks and made those quick decisions and moved forward. Great. Okay, I'd like to open it up to anybody on the line who'd like to ask Sharia a question. Yes, I would. Uh, This is Roy. Hi, Roy. Go right ahead. Hi, Sharia. Hi. Hi. Um, well, let's see. This may be an unorthodox question that you may not have got before, so let me pick your brain real quick I while it. I... I'm already intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have an idea for a membership site, and I've had one the same idea for a long time, and with the technology getting better and better every day, uh, that has changed several times now. So um, I don't know if there are any membership sites that are actually focusing in on, on this, uh, and uh, if you know of any, I, I'd love to hear, because I'm not sure if it will, one, work, and two, if um, there are going to be enough people for it. So basically what it is is focusing in on the members much more so than on the content. For example, let's say that I want to put a group of people together. It really doesn't matter what the topic is. The topic can be anything. And most of the time when people enter a membership site, they go there and they find content written by the owner or by the association or by whomever is in charge. And, yes, they allow the members to write content like blogs and text and forums and stuff like that. But what I'm all about is voicing. I'm all about connecting in voice, getting that meet and greet with someone, uh, mano y mano or even in a small group setting, well, we can all just go there and say, hi, I'm Roy, and here's what I'm all about, and who are you, and find out if we have anything in common voice-wise, and then have that as a daily place where we can go and connect with our friends in voice. Uh, so to have that whole membership site completely focused on the voicing rather than the content, if you get what I'm saying. Is that feasible? Or do you hear of anything like that? And um, any other advice would just be wonderful. Definitely. So for the sake of growth, what I mean, you can definitely do that. What, to me, and I have lots of um, people who've gone to my program that have, are doing, doing high levels of high-touch type uh, benefits within their associations, which is what I see what you're describing there. Um, what happens with that is that you, the numbers have to work for you to be profitable, so you're going to have to have some layers of it that when you apply that 20-80 rule, you're going to get the 20 people who have the time to do that, you're going to have your other 80 people, 80% of the people coming in to be members who won't have the time to do that. They're going to need other types of things. So what I see and what I've always coached people to do that type of higher touch type thing is 
that would be your upsell after your membership because it really it's going to take more of your time. It's going to take expertise. It's going to take uh, more cost in developing the technology that can support it, um, and that you want to charge for that accordingly. So you, I, what I see is layers of membership or two types of memberships or you have membership benefits that are one package, and then this is another service that you offer that as they come through your funnel, they're naturally with the 80-20 rule, they're going to funnel to that 20% of your loyal people who that is the right service for are going to funnel to that. So I want you to think bigger with your vision, and that is a great high-touch piece that people are craving right now. I think that's one reason that Facebook is just an amazing place to be is because it is so, you know, hands-on. I can just I can just access so many amazing people there, and they can access me. But it doesn't have the voice piece, but it has because it's so visual and because people can, you know, I mean, I was just overwhelmed with the amount of happy birthdays I got on my birthday there. I felt so much love. You know, and that's what you're trying to give your members is all that love and that, and that, that validation. And so, yes, I definitely think that's something that, is coming definitely in Web.0 with you. You know, you see how well YouTube has done. And you see a lot of the latest technologies are incorporating a lot more video and voice into their their group functionality also. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about various groups like uh, something that's across the board. It doesn't have to necessarily be something where you have an expert in, so to speak, uh, because it's just going to be just folks. Like, for example, uh, you know, 100 years ago, what was the terminology? It was like over the backyard fence, right? right? It was like you're communicating with your neighbor, you're in a geographic area, you don't have all the communication tools, phone was not yet even available, what have you, blah, blah, blah. So how do people communicate, you know? And it was basically build a friendship and then see what you have in common and then grow from there. So if I could see uh, a way to do this and a, a way to market this as far as doing this virtually, like a virtual over-the-backyard-fence group or uh, a parenting-my-toddler group or a parenting-my-husband. I mean, um, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. So uh, along those lines and bring people together for the, the primary um, focus of voicing with one another, like through Skype or through the phone or any of the other VoIP op- uh, opportunities that we have. Did you get that part of my um, what I what I, really, I mean, it's really, to me, that's really easy to do. You just create the program, you put a price on it, you roll it out, and you decide how you're going to deliver the product or service through the technology tools that are available. To me, that's just not, not hard to do at all, and it's just up to you doing the marketing and building the website. The first key really is, is, is deciding on your brand and your name and building your website and and starting to contact other people that you would partner with. And then it's just getting it out into the world and sharing what you're building with people. That can happen a lot faster if you if you get a partner to do that. I think of uh, Travis Greenlee and Mitch Meyerson, and they're building a new membership-based type business. And I think it launched two or three months ago. And whatever they do, it's more powerful because they're doing it within a partnership. And, and will get to me, but sometimes it takes a lot longer for me to get back to you than the team. So it just depends on your question that you have. Wonderful. Well, Cherie, I know we're out of time, so I'm just going to say thank you for sharing your time and your talent and your treasure and your expertise with us today. And uh, um, we look forward to connecting with you. I love, I love the fact that you know you and I have now done a couple things together, and I really 
love the things you're doing, and so you've kind of now defined what it was I had. I had this professional crush on you. Oh, oh, <laughs> I well, love that. <laughs> when I saw what you were doing, I'm like, oh, I want to play, I want to play. Yeah, it's so <laughs> great. Well, it. And it is. It's it's unbelievable, and um, it's, it's funny how, you know, we kind of keep running into one another, and, and this happens with a lot of different groups, and I, I think that what I would say about, you know, creating your own group is um, having had the, the uh, Women's E-Commerce Association now for five years, one of the things I've noticed is we've gone through a couple of evolutions, and we're actually changing again um, to obviously do what you say, and that is to serve our members better, and I think that it's just uh, the one nice thing about having an organization like that is it's, it's, all, it's really easy to do because you get the feedback from your members that they tell you what they want and they will stick around if you give it to them so i think it's a great thing and i think your program is wonderful and i would encourage everybody to go over to createyourgroup.com check out all the wonderful things that is it createyourgroup.com sheree it is, it is. Okay. To uh, check out all the wonderful things that Cherie has, including her um, her program, which is quite impressive. And um, thank you again. Thank you very much for being with us today. You're Heidi? welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. What, Roy, yes? Yes. Uh, Cherie, do you have a Twitter account that I may follow you on? I do, I do. It's, I believe it's Cherie McConnell. It, I, it, you know, I do ping.fm. And so I haven't been to the actual Twitter page, but I Twitter every day. <laughs> but I do it. Do you know what Ping Ping FM is? Ping FM. So yes. Okay, and so yeah, so I have I'm on everything. I have uh, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and all of that. So yes, I believe it's Cherie McConnell. Wonderful. So we'll find you. Now. We're going to go find you and follow you again, Cherie. Thank you for having have, sharing with us, and have a wonderful day. Okay. Thanks so much, everyone. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye.